Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Week one is almost in the books. We still have one game left tonight, uh, but it is already time to start looking ahead at the lines for week two to find out if there is any value, if we expect any movement, all that good stuff. To do that with me is Ian McMillan from BetSided. He's on Twitter at Ian Mac Betts, and that's I-A-I-N. Ian, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Did you have a good beat on week one? Because I felt like there were some games that I saw really clearly and others I was just way off on. I did very well in week one. Uh, I went 12 and three. I bet on every single game. I had 272 games this year. I'm betting on every single one. I did the same thing last season. And uh, I'm on pace now to have easily my best week I've ever had. So 12 and three heading into Monday Night Football. So I've done I've been lucky. How did all right? First of all, for the record, who do you have tonight? Uh, I got the Raiders to cover tonight. Okay. Or is it four or four and a half when you had it? Uh, I think I have it at four. Okay. How did you do last year in the content, in your betting every game? I, I, I finished profitable, which is my goal, because obviously if you're betting on every single game for an entire NFL yeah. season, um, then that was kind of my goal was just to kind of finish in the black. So uh, I don't remember my exact record, but it, I finished around up five and a half units, I think it was. Oh. So uh, all spreads and totals. And then once a week, I do one money line underdog uh, week as well. So I love it. All right. Well, well done. Well, good. Then let's provide value to the people listening here. Uh, before we get into it, first, let me tell you about an offer that we have from BetMGM for new customers. If you bet 10 dollars on any event that you want you automatically win $150 in free bets when you use the code juice100 we have a, a podcast here at bettingpros.com called the daily juice that's where the juice comes from again the code is juice100 so that's free money just to make that as clear as humanly possible you bet $10 you win $150 in free bets regardless of the outcome for new customers over at betmgm again use the code Juice 100. Second, let me remind you of our giveaway. We are giving away a signed to a tongue of Iloa jersey. Entry is really simple. Leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox and then go to bettingpros.com slash review. Okay, not contests like we used to do it. Bettingpros.com slash review. You want three times the entries. Just be a subscriber to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Betting pros, we do a lot of good stuff over there. We put a lot of stuff on video. We also have a live stream from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Sunday mornings Eastern, where we break down the entire slate and I give out my player props. All right, Ian, better of every NFL game. Are you ready for an early look at week two lines? Absolutely. Very excited. Let's get into it. (laughs) So excited. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to be using the consensus lines over at uh, bettingpros.com that looks at a bunch of different books. But obviously, we will look around and see whether or not any individual book is offering anything that might be a little more favorable or anything like that. So let's start with the Thursday night game, and that is the Giants visiting Washington and taking on the Washington football team. Consensus line right now at Betting Pros is Washington laying three and a half points and the over under a minuscule 41 points. How do you see this game? I mean, we're starting off right in week two with just a classic Thursday night football game between (laughs) two teams that just stink. So, uh, I mean, that's a pretty low total. My initial thought would have been uh, to go with the under, but I I think I'm going to back the Giants on this one. 
Uh, I think they had kind of a, a bad showing in week one. Now, Washington, I was actually on Washington. That was one of the few picks I lost last week. So maybe I'm just a little bit of an anti-Washington bias. I'm a little mad at them a little bit. But um, I, 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 I think the Giants are better than what they showed in week one. My issue with the Giants is they just don't have an offensive line. I hate that these teams that go up and pick up all these like wide receivers and, and these finesse positions and don't build the offensive line. Uh, so their offensive line is probably going to have issues against this Washington defensive line. But... I don't know, man. I, I'm trying not to overreact to week one results where the Giants looked really bad. I think that's what week two is really all about, trying not to overreact to week one results. So I'm probably going to take a lot of underdogs in week two. So I'm going to start off with the Giants on Thursday night. Yeah, it's really tough. Out of curiosity, do you what do you think the impact is of the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously suffered the hip dislocation? He's out. It's going to be Taylor Heineke. Do you think that helps the over, helps the under or what? I mean, it certainly has to help the under. I mean, if, there, if there's one thing about Fitzpatrick that he can do, and that's that's throw touchdowns. Now, sometimes he throws five interceptions instead of five <laughs> touchdowns, but usually those interceptions then turn into points for the other team, which then uh, help the over as well. So, I mean, I, I would guess this this total would be would be significantly higher, probably five or six points higher if Fitzpatrick was playing. Do you think it may it moved that much? See, I, this is actually, I wish I could have checked it out before we recorded. I actually don't know. If it moved, do you ever do you take a like a look ahead line or when you make your bets on every game, do you wait until basically you have all the information possible? Yeah, well, I, I, I place my bets because so I, I record my podcast, the Bacon Bets podcast, Wednesday night. So right before I record, that's when I lock in my bets. Gotcha. So because of that, I know I'm kind of at the mercy of those Wednesday night lines. So I do, I try not to look too far ahead. But yeah. uh, I did not see what the total was uh, when, uh, uh, on the look ahead lines. Would have been interesting, now, though, though. Right. And again, realistically, that's that's not a huge deal necessarily because I don't really finalize it until obviously the end of the the previous week. But interesting because right. I don't I don't I get that Fitz helps it leans towards the over. But I think that big a move, that'd be a pretty big move. Heineke is very yeah. capable. I, I think for me, I, I see it sort of the way you do. I mean, the under obviously hitting the Broncos uh, in the Broncos Giants game. But I don't really think I could go anywhere near the total in this game. But with the spread, if you're giving me the hook. With the extra five, you know, half a point, I'm probably taking it. There are threes out there, by the way. At FanDuel, there's threes. So that I don't really like. But if you're giving me the hook, I probably will go there. How about the absolutely dominant Houston Texans going to Cleveland to take on the Browns? The Browns are laying a minuscule 12 and a half points. Uh, the over-under is 48. What do you think? This one's tough, man. These big week two spreads. And it, my biggest issue, and I'm probably going to go with the Browns here. I haven't finalized it yet, even though it's a big spread. And, and my big thing is is the Texans' run defense. Uh, last year, one of the worst run defenses. I think it might have been the worst. I think them and the Bengals were the two worst run defenses in the NFL last year. And then we obviously know that's exactly what the Cleveland Browns uh, do really well, is just pound the rock. I think the Browns have the best offensive line in the NFL. I think Nick Chubb is might be the best running back in the NFL. I would say he is. I, I would go on the limb and say Nick Chubb is. I know a lot of people would obviously say Derrick Henry, C Christian McCaffrey. I love sure. Nick Chubb. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, big spread though, man. And I hate taking double digit favorites in the NFL, but, um, and there's a couple of them this week I might have to. So right now I'm going to lean Browns, but, uh, it's, this one's tough, man. This one's tough because the thing about the Texans, they have veterans, they have guys who kind of know the sport. It's not a young team, which isn't good for them long-term, but they're going to be able to win a couple games this year, I think because of that veteran presence on that team. So tough one. I'm going to take the Browns. Well, Terod Taylor, I mean, he, he's a professional quarterback, right? Yes. He's going to keep them sort of in there. My, let me ask you something, man. Am I crazy? Or I don't remember up until three years ago, maybe 
seeing just these giant lines. I mean, 12 and a half is not insane. Like not like when we're getting like those 17 or 18 point lines, right? With like the Patriots stuff. But to see these lines just routinely, like in the double digits all day long, is it me or do we see that way more frequently these days? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, they're starting to look like college football lines a little right. bit. But uh, yeah, I think we are. I don't know if it's just actually disparity in, in kind of talent or if it's just because the public is getting so much more involved in sports betting. And I think that might have something to do with it, that uh, obviously the public bettors are, are usually a little bit square. So when they, when it's a big mismatch, they just assume that the better team is going to win by a ton of points. But not necessarily the case. I mean, look at this Kansas City Chiefs last season. Uh, big favorites in almost every single game. A lot of them were like double digit, close to double digit in the regular season. They finished seven and nine against the spread. So uh, even though there's mis- mismatches, doesn't mean the team's going to win by a lot. Yeah, Mike, with the last game, I don't really see like a ton of value here that I'm dying to lock in a line or anything before we move later in the week. This is these are just tough, honestly. Let's go to the Patriots visiting the Jets. Patriots are favored by five and a half points, and the total is forty two and a half. What do you think? Oh, I think I got to go with the under on that one. Uh, I was on the under in the the, the Jets uh, uh, Panthers game this past week. I just don't. Yep. I mean, I I don't really believe in anything of the, of the Jets offense. <laughs> uh, the other game I was on the under as well was the Patriots and um, uh, the Patriots and Dolphins last week. Both those unders cashed as well. I think both teams do have slightly better defenses uh, than offenses, especially the case with the Patriots. I just don't think they have quite enough offensive weapons to put a, up a ton of points. Um, I'm surprised. I'm I'm actually surprised this total's not in the 30s, like 38, 39. So uh, I think you said it was 42 and a half. I'm probably going to uh, end up taking the under in that one. What's funny is there are books out there at 43 and a half. 42 and a half is the consensus mm. line. But, you know, I'm in agreement with you. I, I mean, I think the bottom line is that the Jets have a, a significant weakness in their defense, and it is the secondary. But that's not really necessarily what the Patriots are built to exploit, right? I mean, you're going to have Nelson Aguilar, you're going to have Jacoby Myers, but they're not the type of guys who are really just going to destroy you, who you can pick on them. They are going to want to play conservative. They're going to want to lean on their defense. And we saw the Jets. Zach Wilson hung in there and and played pretty well in the second half, but their offensive line is decimated. Mekhi Becton's now out for several weeks. I am with you. I am with you. If you can get a 43 and a half, like there are randomly kind of sitting out there and it's 43 at Fox bed and at points bet it's 43. I agree with you. I would lock that in because I do not expect it to necessarily move down. Now, this one's a little tough because we have not seen the Raiders play, but the Steelers right now are home and they are laying six and a half to the Raiders. And the total is not a big deal. I totally messed up my sheet right now, but let's start with the spread. I'll get you the total in a second. Six and a half. Uh, did I say six and a half? Sorry, Steelers at home against the Raiders. Yeah, I think I would probably back the Raiders just like I am tonight. I mean, I I, I think the thing with the Raiders is just um, people think they're worse than what they are. They're actually I don't I don't think they're that bad of a team really, uh, especially their offense. They were like something like sixth or seventh in offensive yards per game last season, uh, around the same in third down conversion percentage, which I I value quite a bit when handicapping my games. Um, their defense is obviously horrific, uh, but I think the Steelers' offense is hor- uh, horrific. So. Um, if the Steelers are getting that many, or the sorry, the Raiders are getting that many points, I'm gonna definitely back them on this on, uh, on the spread. Kansas City, obviously, the Steelers' defense is arguably the top unit in, uh, in, uh, in the NFL, but uh, I don't think the Raiders are as bad as a lot of people think. Now, if someone's watching this after Monday night, I might look stupid because who knows what's gonna happen in this game. So, in my defense, we haven't seen the Raiders yet this season, but uh, I, I I think they're better than they're not a great team, they're not a good team, but I think they're better than what a lot of people uh, give them credit for. I'm coming with you on the stupid train then because I agree with you. I I really do. I think the Raiders offensive line is subpar, but 
other than that, it's a pretty decent team. I mean, Derek Carr is kind of quietly a pretty okay, decent quarterback in the league. Darren, da- efficient. Thank you very much. That's a nice way to put it. Um, I Darren Waller is a superstar. Obviously, they have the two running backs with Josh Jacobs, who, again, as we record this, has an illness. Sounds like he will play tonight. But also Kenyon Drake. The receivers are young but emerging with rugs and Brian Edwards. So that's there. But you're right. The real thing is the Steelers. I mean, their offensive line looked abysmal, as we kind of expected coming into that game against the Bills. They really struggled to kind of have a cohesive offensive philosophy. So I agree if you're getting that points. What about the total, which I have finally found, Ian? Don't worry. Um, The consensus line is actually 48. But when I'm looking at the various books, you've got mostly a big disparity here, more than I usually see. BetMGM, for example, it's 47 and a half. FanDuel, it's 49 and a half. So like the consensus is 48 in between. So do you think there's, if you're like, let's say you have access to one of those books, do you find one of those enticing one way or another? Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be taking the under for sure if, if it's going to be in the high 40s. I mean, like I kind of said, the St- I mean, the Steelers just stopped the Buffalo Bills offense, which we think is still one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yep. Um, and, and then you got the, the Steelers offense, which can't move the ball at all. I mean, they needed a, a, a block punt for a touchdown to win that game. So um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked it's in the high 40s. I'd be taking the under in that for sure. I agree with you. Um, and I think this is something where you probably want to lock it in now, especially if you're like, look, I'm in New Hampshire. The only book we have access to is DraftKings. It's at 49. I will be locking it in ordinarily just because I respect you so much. And I'm not going to do it while we're podcasting right now. But ordinarily, for guests that I think lesser of, I would do it actually right now. But I want. All right, let's go to the Bengals visiting the bears the bears here are laying three points in our consensus line and the over under is 45 any value in either of those numbers that's tough i think i think that line set right i mean I, I i'm i'm kind of a bears hater to be honest i i bet against them quite often last season especially right after they got off of that like five and one start or whatever it was so I think I would have to back the Bengals here. Also, I was impressed by what I saw from the Bengals in week one. That was one of the, the bets that I lost. I was on the Vikings. I thought the Vikings were going to run away with that. Um, I was nervous for Joe Burrow coming off that uh, the knee injury because there were some reports that he wasn't quite feeling comfortable in training camp, but he looked great. He you know faced the pressure. He threw a lot of great footballs. Um, I think I'm going to back the Bengals in that one, but that line seems just about right. That, one, that one's, that one's going to be one I'm going to have to dive into a little bit more, but... Um, kind of when you're, I mean, when you're betting on every single NFL game, you're not going to have a strong feel one way or the other. And every this single is one. the best. Some this are truly the coin flips. So it's the best. I yeah, love that you're like, tough. well, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to bet this one, <laughs> yeah. so I'll let you know how I feel about it. Um, uh, for me, I completely agree with you. I think both the total and the spread are just right there at a point where they, you don't want to bet this game. You have to because it's in your contract. But still, I think that uh, it's a game that I want to avoid. Although I will say. I was really impressed with the Bengals and Burrow. You know, I'm obviously also a fantasy guy and I do projections. I was very nervous about Joe Burrow and what he would look like early in the season for the mental part of it, not the physical part. Sounded like he had fully recovered, but it's very difficult when you have that injury. And that's really what you were hearing in camp was that he was struggling the mental part of it. And he hung in. I think he was sacked five times. You wouldn't have known it. He didn't look jumpy in the pocket. He uncorked some great throws. And Jamar Chase, another guy missing football for a year. Everybody was kind of like, oh, no, I'm worried. He looked fantastic, too. So I'm definitely more optimistic on the team overall. At the same time, three points right there is the correct spread. The Rams are visiting the Colts. The Rams are favored by four, and the total is 47 and a half. Rams. 
I, yep. I, I was, I, I already was high on the Rams heading into the season and then they did nothing but make me even more confident in them uh, against the bears there on Sunday night. Matthew Stafford looks like at least through one week, he looks like he's living up to people's expectations. The defense is still a dominant unit, maybe not quite as good as, as, as the defense last year. Uh, but then the complete opposite was the case for the Colts. Carson Wentz didn't impress me whatsoever. Um, Colts offense didn't necessarily look great. Didn't look explosive. Um, yeah, I'm definitely that's that's definitely a good spot for the Rams. I think. Wait, where did you say that game was at? Is that in? It's in Indianapolis. Okay, in Indianapolis. Yeah. So Still, obviously, like yeah. It. Otherwise, yeah, you would expect it to right. be. You yeah, know, yeah, closer to that shot. I agree with you, by the way. So I do think the Colts are going to play a little bit better here. I mean, remember they had such little time to really practice and work, but they really have nothing offensively right now. I mean, their receivers. I like Michael Pittman Jr. I like Zach Pascal. They're certainly not going to be able to do anything against this uh, this defense here with the cornerbacks. And then you just are, you know, Jonathan Taylor is very good, but I am Hines like it's gimmicky a little bit with this offense. And I think you're going to get some value right near now early on the Rams. I think you had value in, in week one as well, which I think most better saw. That's why you saw the spread rise overall. What about the total? Any feelings on it? It is 47 and a half. I would probably lean the under on that one. Uh, generally, generally in totals, I, I'm usually an under guy as it is because I always feel like the points, uh, the, the totals are a point or two higher than they normally would be because the public loves betting on overs. I mean, who, who the under is not an enjoyable bet Who wants to root bet against to something, What's, right? Yeah, exactly. Who wants to root against anything, It's not right? a fun bet to make. So usually in that one, especially where it's close, I would lean the under and... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, obviously, the Rams' defense is going to be one of the best in the unit, uh, one of the best units in the NFL. It's going to be hard for me to take an over in a Rams game this year. But yeah, I'm. I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. It's but for me, it's a little bit of a stay away just because I I don't know. I mean, I could see the Colts' defense is not bad, but you saw Russell Wilson. Like I could see the Rams by themselves putting up, you know, whatever a thirty spot if they absolutely had to. Bills visiting the Dolphins. The Bills are laying three and a half points, and the total is forty eight and a half. What do you think? Uh, gonna take the Bills. This is a spot where, uh, like I said earlier, I'm trying not to react a week, overreact a week one. The Bills didn't look great, especially offensively. Um, uh, but I think they are still the team that we saw last year. And the interesting thing, the thing about the Miami Dolphins, and they were the best spread team last year. What were they? 11 and 5, I think, in the regular season against the spread. And I was on the wrong side, the large majority of them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they had the same kind of outcome in week one where they won and covered the spread but if you look at their defensive numbers they're giving up yards um but what's happening is they're getting timely turnovers at the perfect time and that that's what their whole kind of motive was last year they, they led the league in, in takeaways and turnovers in my opinion at least um there is at least some degree of luck to it it's not all skill you need the, the running back to fumble the ball you need the quarterback to you know uh, misread a, a route or a coverage and throw a bad ball so if they don't keep getting these these kind of takeaways the Dolphins shouldn't be as good as what they are especially obviously their defense but they keep getting these takeaways so it was funny to see that exact same thing happen in week one that we saw all season last year in the Dolphins so I'm going to continue fading the Dolphins because like I said I just think takeaways have a little bit of an element of luck and that defense is giving up yards the offense isn't getting a ton of yards uh and I think the Bills are gonna have a big bounce back week so I'm gonna go with them 
Yeah, I think this is really a bill statement game at this one, because I think, right, it has to be because there are question marks about them because Josh Allen, you know, in in fantasy, especially we talk about that, like everybody waits for Josh Allen to turn back into like the guy who the Bills draft and you're like just this inaccurate guy. Don't know what we saw last year. It's eventually things are going to come back. That's not going to happen. Josh Allen is great. The system that Dable put in together is great. They're going to be a fantastic team, including this year. There are some threes out there. There's actually one, two and a half out there, which I love. But even with the hook, I'm totally fine with that. I'm not really going near the spread. It's at 48 and a half. That that strikes me as about right for something like that. You know, but I do agree with you that even on the road, I'm taking the bills, even if you got to lay the hook. How about the Saints visiting the Panthers? The Saints are three and a half point favorites. And I will get you the total in like two seconds. How about the three and a half point favorites for the Saints? Got to take the Saints, man. Jameis Winston is my preseason fa- uh, bet to win uh, MVP. And he, he proved proved me right a little bit there in week one. Now, he didn't throw for a ton of yards. He was what, like 156 yards? But somehow yeah. still had five touchdown passes, which is kind of insane. Yep. Um, but I'm not, I, I'm, I'm an anti-Sam Darnold guy. I was... I don't understand why the Panthers opted for Sam Darnold over um, over uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I thought, te- I mean, look, just look at their completion percentage in their career. And we'll get to Teddy Br- Bridgewater uh, when we talk about the Broncos. But uh, not a believer in Sam Darnold. I, it's it's going to be tough for me to ever bet on him. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this one. Uh, I loved how Jameis Winston looked. He didn't throw any, in, any interceptions, and that's, that's his key thing. So uh, yeah. give me the Saints in that one. Now, he technically threw an interception that was negated by a nonsense penalty. But yes, he looked good. The offense looked good. I know, officially not. I'm just teasing you. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I, as a Jets fan, there is no greater fader of uh, Sam Darnold than myself. And again, the one the one non-totals bet that I gave out on our show on Thursday was that I liked the Jets getting five and a half. Now, that was a sweat, a little bit of a lucky cover, but whatever, they covered uh, I do not believe in this Panthers team whatsoever. I do absolutely believe in the Saints team. Now, they are suffering from a few injuries here on the defensive side of the ball. So that is something that could mess around with it. But I don't really see these two teams as in the same class right now, just given what we saw in that game against the very good Packers team. Like, I don't think the Packers are done. I mean, that defense, again, they have injuries, but they're legitimate. And if you're going to have that defense going up against Sam Darnold, especially off his high of his revenge game win, uh, I like that. I also kind of lean towards the over at 44 and a half. It's a pretty low total, not crazy low or anything like that. But I do think that the Saints are going to be able to score pretty easily on the Panthers, like not at will, but certainly they'll be able to put up points. And I think there's just enough there. I think the Panthers probably only need to put up, you know, maybe two touchdowns. They'll probably find their way into it. And I think the Saints may go up ahead and sort of lead it to like the backdoor over. So for me, I kind of like the over under 44 and a half, the over. But I don't feel like it's something you need to rush out and bet. You know, I don't expect that line to move all that much. You know what I'm saying? And I, I will say one other thing about the Saints. Nobody talks about the Saints, or at least in this offseason, nobody really talked about how good their defense was. Like, they, I think they were third in, in scoring last year, their defense was. But that's not a thing that's, that, that's ever really brought up. And then you saw that defense against the Packers there in week one. So uh, Saints continue to be underrated, I think. Yep. All right. You mentioned the Broncos. Let's go to them. Uh, they are visiting the Jaguars. The Jaguars are getting six points from the Broncos here, and the total is 45 and a half. What do you think? I Listen, I'm not a big trends guy uh, when it comes to, oh, this team's you know, 10-2 against the spread in, in this spot, but there's one trend that I'm obsessed with that I have to continue betting on, and it is Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy covers, man. I, I don't have his against the spread record in front of me, but I think it was 72% or 75% hitting in this season, and he just covered in week one. He's a sports better's 
you should be in the sports betting hall of fame if that ever yeah. exists he needs to be he needs to have a whole room dedicated to himself so uh like i said i'm, I'm not usually a big trends guy more of a stats guy but uh, i'm gonna keep riding riding my guy teddy bridgewater man I'll, I'll take the broncos and i think if you do like him you should probably bet him now because i yes. think that if yeah. anything this spread rises right like if anything the public is like i'm not betting on the jaguars like give me the broncos like teddy whatever and it rises closer to a touchdown so i think you do want it now when it's below touchdown you're not going to miss out on anything if you bet it it's not like it's going to drop to you know four or anything like that so you're not missing anything by doing it now any any uh lean at all on the total 45 and a half probably under i mean trevor lawrence struggled against the texans defense which is supposed to be one of the worst defenses in the nfl and now he's going up against a very very good probably underrated defense uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the broncos and the broncos offense as much as i like teddy bridgewater it's not exactly an explosive high scoring offense um it's efficient he doesn't really turn the ball over um, so yeah, I, I would probably go under, uh, under on that total for sure. All right. Next one. Uh, both teams winning in week one, the 49ers visiting the Eagles, the 49ers are favored by three and a half points. And the total is 50. Obviously the 49ers suffered uh, a few injuries with Verrett and they've got Mostert who's now going to be out eight weeks. So they're a little banged up here. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts was super impressive, obviously in that opening win. What do you think? Yeah, heading into the season, I thought Jalen Hurts was one of the more underrated quarterbacks. I didn't think he really got a fair shot last year. Started late when the team had basically already given up on the season. They're getting three and a half points in this spot. And what happened with the 49ers defense? This is supposed to be one of the best you know, defenses in the NFL. And they just allowed the Detroit Lions, led by Jared Goff, to put up like 430 yards against them. What's going on with the 49ers defense? Now, to be fair, the majority of those points and yards came late in the game when Basically, the game was at least supposed to be over or felt like it, it, it was over. So um, maybe they are as good as they're supposed to be. But um, I'll take the Eagles getting three and a half points at home. It's over. It's just over that magic number of, of three that obviously yep. uh, if you're betting on football, you, you know that um, I'll take the home team in the points. So it's all three and a half. I mean, I like a home dog just generally that piques my interest a little bit. But I think you might get a little bit of the Eagles being undervalued early in the season. I think you know, betters are probably willing, maybe books too, as books look to sharpen their their models and their lines. Like, yeah. I don't think they fully figured out exactly. And, you know, I, I joked about it with our last guest, Sean, because we were both joking about how we had Nick Sirianni, coach of the year tickets um, with, at like 35 to one or 40 to one. And it, part of it was they designed this entire offense. They had the whole offseason to design an offense, rumors aside about Deshaun Watson, around Jalen Hurts and his skill set. He has some playmakers and some receivers right now because, again, he has Devontae Smith, who's really good. Rager, Jalen Rager looks pretty good. You've got Dallas Goddard still there. The offensive line is healthy. It's going to make a big difference. And again, the 49ers suffered a bunch of injuries. If you're giving me the hook with the team at home, I'm more than willing to take it. How about is another big spread that we talked about? The Bucks are laying 12 and a half at home to the Falcons. The total is 52. I'm a Falcons fan, man. They, <laughs> they just get they're bad they're so bad man i have to take the buccaneers in this spot man i i was look obviously as a falcons fan when no matter how a game goes that that's the game where i'm going to be focused on more afterwards as far as looking at what happened in that game what went right what went wrong nothing went right for the falcons they have an offensive lineman uh i, I i'm blanking on the name but they had an offensive lineman who had like a pff ranking of like 1.98 or something like that which is um matt ryan apparently wasn't responsible for any of uh the hits that he took or any sacks that he took their offensive line is terrible and when you looked on the defensive side 
Um, they have one good cornerback in A.J. Terrell. The other guy just stinks, and the Eagles targeted him the whole game, and that's where they got the large majority of their yards. So if Jalen Hurts can pick apart your defense, what is Tom Brady going to do and the Super Bowl defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So, I mean, if, if the Falcons can't score a touchdown on the Eagles, what are they going to do against this Buccaneers? If they can't stop Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, what are they going to do against the Buccaneers? Once again, I hate betting big favorites in the NFL, especially when it comes to um, divisional opponents because they typically know each sure. other a little bit better. Yep. Um, but I, I, I can't bet on my Falcons, man. They're, I, they might be the worst team in the NFL this year. This was uh, one of the bigger lines that I'm okay with, um, like you, because yes. I agree. There's nothing you can't watch that game, the Eagles against the Falcons, and think that anything remotely optimistic about what we saw on either side of the ball. You're absolutely right. Now you've got the Bucks. They're coming off. They're rested, right? They've got the mini yeah, buy here because of the yeah. opening day. They're just, you know what they can do offensively, like whatever they want. And their defense was probably a little pissed off because they allowed the Cowboys to kind of Dak Prescott to throw for over 400 yards. So I'm in agreement with you. I would take this at 12 and a half right now. Again, I don't think you have any real chance of losing value if you bet it now. I think of anything you could lose value if you don't bet it. The total at 52, I'm probably just staying away from because I have no sense of if the Falcons are going to be able to score at all or not, or whether we saw like, oh God, they're going to be a team that's going to put up, you know, six, 10 points a game. So for me, I'm staying away from the total personally, but uh, well, Bucks themselves, because Bucks might score that's 50 true. points themselves. Right. You want the over then? You want to go over with the 52? Is that uh, what you're leaning? Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah all I'll right, the there we go. Go for the over right there. <laughs> Be a public, root for the root for scoring. Uh, all right, yeah. let's go to the uh, Vikings visiting the Cardinals. The Cardinals are laying four and a half points, and the total is at 51. Obviously, incredibly impressive opening day performance by the Cardinals, who look like world beaters, both offensively and defensively, you mentioned the Vikings, big disappointment, expected them to be able to beat the uh, Bengals. They didn't. Um, but what do you think here? 51 for the total and four and a half is the spread. This one's a tough one. I saw the Cardinals were actually my money line bet in week one. So I cashed on them. But then the Vikings were one of my favorite picks, if not like a top three favorite pick for me in week one, because I thought the Vikings were going to have a big bounce back season. Uh, they had a lot of injuries on defense last year. Um I thought I was expecting so much more, especially with Dalvin Cook. So now I'm kind of torn. Like, do I stick to that take? Like, do I, I'm trying not to overreact to week one, but the Vikings did not really look great in week one. So this might be the toughest game on the board to bet for me this week. I think I'm just going to, I think I'm going to plug my nose and take the Vikings in the points here. I think I'm yeah. going to try not to overreact to that, you know, subpar performance against the Bengals. Maybe the Cardinals, I, listen, I faded the car or I faded the Titans with the Cardinals money line because I think the Titans are way worse than what their record was last year. They had like a bottom three, bottom four defense. I do think the Vikings defense is better than Titans. Hopefully they can slow down the Cardinals offense a little bit. I hate the bet, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna plug my nose and, and, and take the Vikings in the points. So I'm not getting anywhere near this game, but I, I yeah, will say that if I did but if I did, I do think that this strikes me as something where the public is just going to be all over the Cardinals because right. of what we saw. And the sharp money is going to flood in on the Vikings because they know that the Vikings aren't as bad as what we saw last week and the Cardinals aren't as good. And again, the big thing we didn't nobody really talked about this. At least I didn't hear about it. And I didn't really think about it, especially from a betting or fantasy perspective, is just how little time the Titans had to become a cohesive unit, given the COVID stuff that they dealt with, like a, a real legit outbreak, their coach, their quarterback, they had tons of stuff. I just feel like that game, I'm throwing it entirely out in my sure. mind for the Titans, but 
Cardinals did look good, and it takes some some major, you know, strength in your stomach to be able to bet on the Vikings. But I do agree. If I were going to place a bet on this game, which I am not, uh, I do think that the Vikings are probably side. And again, this is something where I think you don't have to rush in. I do see a couple of three and a halfs out there. My guess is it's going to climb because, again, yeah. I, I think you're going to see a lot of public money at the very least come in on the Cardinals. How about the Chargers laying three to the Cowboys in Los Angeles with a total just just 55, just 55 for the total? What do you think here, that uh, that line? Yeah, I, the total actually moved quick. I think it opened at like 51 or 52. I yeah. think it was 52 mm-hmm. would open up, so already shot up. Ah, another tough game, man, because the, the, these, the Cowboys have one of the best offenses in the, in the NFL and might maybe the worst defense in the NFL. So, like, is, are either, like, is the defense going to be able to step up at all in this game or is the offense going to take a step back at all in this game? I think I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Okay. I, I believe in Dak Prescott. I mean, he torched that, that, that Buccaneers defense, which is a very good defensive unit last week. Um, I didn't love what I saw from the Chargers offense, but obviously they're going up against a Washington defense. That's that's one of the best in the league. Another tough game to call. Um, I'll take the Cowboys, though, but tough. Do you think this is where the line ends up at three, or do you think it moves one way or the other throughout the week? I, I don't think there's going to be much movement. I agree. At least, at least my, my, my general feeling right now is this is one that people are kind of torn on. They're a little split. And when you get that, I mean, it's not like the Cardinals game where I, where, where we imagine a ton of money is going to come in on the Cardinals. I think right. people are kind of split because I don't think everyone really knows what to do with the Cowboys yet either. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably going to land here at three. I think you're going to get money on both sides. And with the total, Ian, I mean, it's 55, but I can't take the under on it. Like, I recognize how yeah. insane that total is. I completely understand that's a bananas total, and I can't. I can't go. I'm not taking the over. I think I'm just staying away from the total. Yeah, I don't think I can. Yeah, I can't take an under in a Cowboys game. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not subjecting myself to that kind of torture. That but is yeah, fair. That's, yeah, that's I like it. I like it. Seahawks at home, link five and a half to the Titans, who are obviously coming off a little bit of a shellacking, and the total at fifty four. What do you think? Yeah, Seahawks. I'm going to continue to fade the Titans. Like I like I said, they're an eleven five team last year. I think it's. To be 11 and 5 with, I, so if, I, if I'm correct, they were 28th or 29th in opponent yards per game last season. The only teams that were worse were the Lions, Jaguars, and Texans. Um, and that's not good. I don't know how a team can get to 11 and 5 with that kind of defense. And they did make some improvements in the offseason. I don't think it was enough, though, especially their passing defense is not good. Uh, we saw what Kyler Murray did through the air last week, and now you got, I mean, now you got Russell Wilson against them. So, I mean, good luck with that. So. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. I'm going to keep fading the Titans until I think the lines are set at a more appropriate number for how I kind of evaluate them. And right now, uh, they shouldn't. I, I like. I would. I would. I would set the Seahawks probably at six points right now. Okay. Yeah. I don't want it. I just want to stay away from this one. I, I see everything you're saying, but I'm not fading the Titans nearly as much as you are. I understand why you are, and I think the Seahawks are going to do what they did last year, which is come out really hot especially yeah. offensively before they kind of turtle up a little bit because of they have one bad game or something like that. But still, I could also see a scenario where the Titans and Mike Vrabel, who I respect a ton as a coach, kind of lays into them and they come out much sharper here. The total also, like, I'd love to go over on this because I think there's going to be a ton of scoring here. I don't think the Seahawks defense is good enough to shut down the Titans with an extra week here to get better. And I think the Seahawks can pretty much score at will. But at 54, man, I just don't, I don't think I can go near it. It's not a total that I want to go near. How about you? Yeah, I think I would, I think I would take the under. Uh, Obviously, we know the Titans love to run the ball. And when you run the ball, I mean, obviously, we all know the clock keeps going. Less time on the clock, less time for points. 
Um, <clears throat> that's tough, yeah, because the Titans defense is it's kind of tough to bet uh, uh, on an on an under with the Titans defense. But I think I'd go under. All right, uh, Chiefs visiting the Ravens, the game we all deserve again. We have not seen the Ravens yet. Hopefully, they look like what we expected them to look. They've dealt with several injuries coming in, but as of right now. The Chiefs are favored by three, and the total is at 55 and a half. These totals, man, just nonsensical almost. By the way, one of my favorite memories, I think, from last year is when the Ravens were favored against the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure that was last year. And I remember taking Patrick Mahomes as a dog and just feeling like it was, like, the dumbest, like, goofy. It's like when you, like, you know, win the lottery or something like that. It was so ridiculous. Here, not a dog, obviously, laying three in Baltimore. What do you think? Yeah, once again, a little tough because we haven't seen uh, the Ravens yet. Yep. But, uh, I mean, got to take the Chiefs, man. I, I yeah. mean, I, I say got to take the Chiefs, but then again, I mean, the Chiefs have not been good covering the spread. They didn't cover the spread in week one either, but I was on the Browns. But anytime True. you can get the Chiefs at this low of a number, I, I, I think you have to take them. Where you want to avoid the Chiefs is when you get up closer uh, to a touchdown because it's tough to win football games by, by more than a single score. But, uh I think the Ravens might regress a little bit this year. I'm very interested in seeing, and hopefully we get a little bit of a sense of it tonight, what Lamar Jackson's going to be like because he took a little bit of a step back last year. So uh, is he going to return to MVP form or is he going to look more like he did last year? So uh, this is this is one that's, that's very tough to call without seeing one of the two teams involved. Like, I feel like I have a better sure. sense of the Raiders, even though I haven't seen them this year, where the Ravens, uh, I really want to get uh, see them, get a sense for them. And also, obviously, we all know how banged up their backfield is. Right. Uh, I, I, I had my phone on the other day. I thought I might get a call uh, from the Ravens to get something. Yeah, because, they're I still mean, looking. Don't worry. Get up there. Uh, so I, 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 got, I got it back to the Chiefs. And I would guess, my guess would be, I mean, unless the Ravens blow at the Raiders tonight, and I, I might look stupid in hindsight saying this, but I think the spread's probably going to get bigger after this uh, after yeah. this game. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so again, if you're listening to it, people are probably listening to this after the game is over anyway. So maybe the line has already moved. It is three and it's three everywhere. Like there is no non threes that I'm looking at in the market because I think that that is probably the right line necessarily. But I would take the Chiefs if it gets over a field goal. I do worry a little bit because you're right. The Chiefs are a phenomenal team, but not great at covering the spread necessarily. If it's at three, I feel fine because I really do feel confident that a the Chiefs are going to win this game again without having seen uh, this go. And second, that uh, it's it's going to be by at least a field goal. So I, I feel comfortable at three when it gets three and a half. The total is bananas. I'm not even like I'm just not going near a 55 and a half point spread. I get it. Patrick, the Chiefs can do that by themselves if they really had to. But uh, I'm just staying away. Last one here. A really, really, really angry Packers team at home on Monday Night Football against the Lions laying 10 and a half points they're making sure that hook is there because they're going to make you if you want the Packers they're going to make you mad and total of 48 and a half points yeah I'm realizing now that I like three double digit favorites in the NFL and that's (laughs) not not good what would the spread have to be for you to not take the Packers in this game and that's the question I think it'd have to be two touchdowns I think it would have to be I mean but then again the Lions put up 430 yards last week so maybe the Lions aren't as bad as everyone thinks maybe Dan Campbell's you know kind of raw raw you know motivation kind of tactics is is kind of working for the Lions so yeah it's hard to really argue too much against the Lions right now but um yeah I the Packers, I would think, are angry. Now, I'm not never going to handicap too much based on what I assume someone's emotions are going to be heading into a game, but uh, they're either the number one or number two scoring offense last year. They're going up against what it's supposed to, well, 
they are the bad defense because even though that game was close, yes. the 49ers put up a ton of points on them. Correct. So the Green Bay Green Bay will score. It's just whether or not are the Lions going to be able to keep it close enough during the game. So yeah, uh, I will back the Packers in this one, but I'm I might need to I, I need might need to reevaluate some of my past picks because taking three <laughs> double digit favorites makes me worry. But I like yeah. all three of them, so I'll probably stick with them. Yeah, uh, I I think that the Packers are the right side. Ooh, look, see, this is a New York experience for you. If everyone can hear that in the background, Ian has moved to New York. It's fine. You're fine. They're not there for you, I promise. Um, yeah. As, as, <laughs> I miss my old sounds of New York. Anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you that even at 10.5, I lean towards the Packers. I'm actually a little more excited about the total because I do think that the Packers, first of all, the Lions have a terrible defense. I have a terrible secondary. And Jeff Okuda now has, I think, an Achilles injury. So a bad secondary just gets worse. I think the Packers are going to put up monstrous amount of points in this game. I think it's going to be ton. And I think that the Lions, I think they'll probably be able to do close, not what they did last time, but in terms of the backdoor sort of like this game is over. The Packers don't want to get injured on defense. They're going to step back a little bit. There's going to be 45,000 dump offs to Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And they'll be able to get there. So that actually is a number that I would bet. I don't think that it's necessarily going to climb throughout the year. Like, I don't think throughout the week, I don't think we're getting a 50 or 51. But at the same time, 48 and a half, I kind of lean the over because I I view a lot of points coming in this game. What do you think of that? Yeah, give me the over. I I agree with every single point you had about the over. I love it. That's it. Those are all the games, man. I'm so happy football is back. We are done recording this. Before we get to look idiotic after, you know, the whatever happens with the Raiders and the Ravens game. But Ian, you have been a guest on the show several times. It is uh, always a pleasure to have you. I really appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find uh, you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. The best place is always uh, Twitter, as you mentioned at the start of the show, though. Uh, there, Ian MacBets, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. My parents decided to throw an extra I into my name to make my life difficult. Um, also check out BetSided and uh, the Bacon Bets podcast comes out Thursday and that's when I give my pick. I call it the road to 272 this year because uh, I give a pick for every single, uh, all 272 NFL games. So keep an eye out for that. I mean, I really look forward. I did see that you were doing that because yeah, I think you have it uh, pinned to your Twitter profile. But man, God bless you. Good luck with it. I hope you again have a profitable year because that is not easy. Anyway, we will be back Later in the week, Joe and uh, Joe P and Scott Bogman are going to do the college football breakdown. And then I'll be back on Thursday with another guest talking about our best bets for week two of the NFL season. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I'll talk to you again in a couple of days.